All right. Praise the Lord. Come on in, folks. Stop being nice to each other. Find you a seat. I think we got our kids situated back in our stellar kids ministry. Wow. Praise the Lord. Well, I think most of you weren't here uh, at the beginning of the service when I introduced uh, Adam, so I feel like I need to reintroduce him again. He's an extremely attractive man. He's been growing his hair out for years. I'm super jealous of Adam in every way. So, uh, no, but come on up here, Adam. Um, Adam's a great friend of ours. He's becoming uh, uh, an even better friend just hanging out with him this weekend. We brought he and Lindsay and the team in to just um, speak life over us, and they did that so faithfully and well. We just walked away from yesterday so encouraged and excited in the Lord because, guys, the Lord has something for us as a church that's really special, really unique, and he wants to encourage us. Amen? So that's why Adam's here today. I've, Robin and I have just um, asked Adam just to share his heart with us, whatever the Lord has given him for us. Um, we're just going to receive that. We're going to eat the feast of the Lord today. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we confidently come before you in the name of Jesus. We come before your throne of grace this morning. Free from shame, free from condemnation, free from guilt, free from every lie that the enemy has spoken over us. We just reject those things right now in Jesus' name, and we exchange them for your life-giving word over us this morning. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother Andy Squires. I'm equally jealous of you in your 32-inch waistline. And your beautiful, sad songs that make me cry and invite the Holy Spirit into my tender places. You guys got a real gift here in this guy. Andy Squires. Real gift. Man, what a privilege and honor to be here. Um, I heard Pastor Robin McMillan preach about 20 years ago, almost exactly to the day. I came down to Charlotte to a conference and I sat in a workshop and he was teaching on Moses and the burning bush. And I just had never heard somebody talk with such revelation uh, out of scripture. And he, he just has got a way of opening your eyes to things that you didn't see were there that were there all the time. So you have a huge gift in this guy as well. And it's an honor to be able to stand here today and, uh, and speak to you. Um, few shameless plugs for my team here. Olivia, who was co-leading worship with me, just put out an incredible record called Time and Age. And uh, it really is a beautiful piece of work. It will go deep into your heart and uh, stay there forever. Isn't she amazing? I love Olivia. Olivia's been singing with me for the last eight or nine years. Um, Big House Church started in my my parents' living room. Um, this is a CD called Knights of the Big House, and the house on the cover of it, um, if you, you can't see it while well, I'm holding it, but basically my parents bought this 100-year-old brick house in Norfolk, Virginia that was totally just tore up. I mean, it was a mess. You couldn't even get an occupancy permit to live in it, but God told him to buy the house, that he was going to fill it with young people and worship. And that he was, he was going to begin to ignite revival in our city. And so, uh, eight years ago, we planted Big House Church in my mom and dad's living room. And, uh, 
it was it was a blast. It was it felt kind of like Acts chapter two, where it said they met from house to house, and the Holy Spirit just orchestrated the meetings and somebody would stand up and have a word from the lord and somebody else would pray for somebody for healing and and it was just and then the worship would just carry on and on and on and normally you're like okay is it over yet but you're like no i don't want it to end because the presence of the lord was so sweet and so um big houses now we're in our eighth year church has grown to about you know between three and four hundred people now so we can't fit in mom and dad's living room anymore every sunday night i would be rearranging my mom's couches and putting out candles and after a year she was like time out dude we're done i love jesus and i love big house church but you can't meet here anymore (laughs) you're scratching up my floors you're wrecking my furniture so uh, we have, now we meet in a, it's a beautiful old Methodist building uh, in, in the historic part of Norfolk, Virginia. Um, and it's, uh, it's a really kind of a cool story because uh, this, this beautiful Methodist church had dwindled down to just a handful of, of people. There were no children and they couldn't keep their doors open anymore. And they put, they put their property up on, up on the market for sale for $1.2 million and um, the grocery store next door was going to buy it, level it, tear it down, and expand their parking lot. It's kind of sad. This, this, this chapel is a real treasure. And so a pastor friend of mine that I'm partnered with um, went to them and said, do you really want to see this place torn down? And the Methodist said, no way, we don't. He said, we'll sell it to you for 50 cents on the dollar if you'll keep it open as a church. So they sold it to him for $600,000, and uh, we poured, you know, over half a million into it, rewired it, relighted it, and now it's an amazing, amazing space. And on Sundays between the church that we partner with who does morning services and we do an afternoon service, there's 700 people a weekend coming to worship in this space where there was no one and it was going to be torn down. And isn't that just like the Holy Spirit? You know, something seems done, over, ready to tear it down. And man, he's the God that just, he gives beauty for ashes. Every time, every time when our life is in an ash heap and we, and we just go, what are we, what are we going to do here? You know, we just don't see and understand the plans that God has prepared for those who love him. And uh, I wanted to come and talk to you today. And if you want to get those CDs, by the way, they'll be out in the, uh, in the lobby after service. Um, so that song, Hallelujah, we sang today in Belly of the Grave is uh, on this big house CD. I'm going to give these away. Does anybody know the capital of North Dakota. Robin McMillan said it first, Bismarck. All right, Robin, that's yours. Man. All right, Andy, give these to whoever you want. Because <laughs> I don't know any more state capitals. I only know Bismarck. <laughs> Last Sunday at, uh, uh, was Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the Holy Spirit being poured out on the church. You know, Pentecost Sunday is a lot like what Christmas Day is for Jesus. It's like happy birthday for the Holy Spirit. The church got the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and it's a big deal. And I want to talk just a little bit about friendship with the Holy Spirit. But before that, I have a, a really strong prophetic word um, that I'm going to deliver. And you can put it in your pipe and smoke it. Um, but Brandy McMillan, who came up here about the kids' ministry, 
My strong prophetic word is that you need to get involved in the kids' ministry. You need to go find Brandy after this service, and you need to say, sign me up because I want to work with little kids, especially you hipster kids in your young 20s. You need to go spend a Sunday a month hanging out with the kids. And I'm prophesying to you right now because it will light you up and show you an aspect of who God is that you've never, ever seen before. I just felt her heart when she was up here. So kind. She wanted to scream at y'all, but she so kindly said, she said, we've got a wonderful opportunity for you to connect. See, that's church speak for you need to sign your butt up because our people are worn out back there. Help us with our kids, please. Jesus said the kids are important. So get back there and help our kids. Woo, prophesy. Kurabashando. Oh, man. I tell you what. Love kids. I've got four kids. Hey, my wife Lindsay is here. Stand up, Lindsay, and say hello. She's, um, 20 years ago, Lindsay used to sing with me. And she's not sung with me for 20 years, but I, I think that, um, She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. She's got an amazing voice. But what she does do is she makes incredible jewelry. Uh, so my second prophetic word is to all of you guys out there that are looking to put a ring on it and seal the deal, you need to go to adajewelry.com and Lindsay will hook you up with an amazing ring. We love marriage. We're 17 years in. We are hot for each other. It is, it is special. You guys don't want me to take my shirt off today. There's, the glory of the Lord will fill this place so fast that no one will be able to move. And then everyone will run out the door screaming. My kid looked, my son looked at me, Dad, why are you, why do you have hair everywhere? Anybody remember being a little kid and looking at your dad and going, I'm never going to be that hairy. And then one day you wake up, John Mark, look at you, you're hairy. I mean, and there's hair everywhere. I'm turning 40 this year and all of a sudden there's hair growing on my earlobes and hair growing out of my ears. I've got this beard trimmer that I like try to get in there and I think I'm going to have to break down and get like a real nose ear trimmer. Thank God for technology. Holy Spirit, help. Help, Holy Spirit. Oh, um, I, I love speaking and singing in tongues. So if that offends you, I'm not trying to offend you. I just, sometimes I don't know what to say next. So I just speak in tongues for a little while until I figure it out. Um, and uh, does anyone else here ever speak in tongues or sing in tongues? If you don't, it's okay. This is not a make it or break it kind of thing with the Lord. It's something that we have an opportunity to do, that we have access to, that's super fun, that's not as spooky as you might think it is. And actually what it is, it is a spiritual workout for your inner man. It's a strengthener of your spirit man. See, uh, when I'm speaking in tongues, I got no idea what I'm saying, but the Spirit of God knows what I'm saying. And sometimes I don't know what to pray and who to pray for. And I just pray in the spirit. And, and because I'm not that smart and God is very smart, he knows exactly what needs to be prayed for. And so the spirit of God prays through me. 
But I tell you, I, I use the time in my car a lot, my commute to and f- uh, from work to, to speak, sing, shout in tongues. And if you ever pull up alongside me at a stoplight, you might be calling the police. There is a, a large, hairy man. He's got some kind of a man bun, and he uh, he's going at it, officer. I think he's off of his medication. Um, you need to send the ambulance. But man, I, I go to war in my car. I go to war. It, 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 I just feel like we're living in this season right now. God is awakening the warrior within us. There's a warrior inside of you. Yet you were you were. You were made for Lord of the Rings epic life in the spirit. You know, that's who you are. You know, and life and society wants to put us in a nice, polite little box. But man, let the, let the lion loose. There is a lion caged up in your heart. You are a warrior. You are mighty. And God has given us the Holy Spirit to unlock and unleash the beast, if you will. The warrior within. And I just want to talk a little bit about how we partner with him today. Um, I want to say this about speaking in tongues. If humility is not your thing, speaking in tongues will not make any sense to you. If humility is not your thing, speaking in tongues will not make any sense to you. Because when you speak in tongues, you don't make any sense to anyone that's listening. But who is listening that you make sense to? And so it's a foolish thing to the world but it's wisdom to God. Who do you want to appear wise in front of? Man or God? Who do we want to please? We want to please God, don't we? What Christmas Day is for Jesus, Pentecost is for the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is the birthday of the ministry of Holy Spirit in the church. A real quick story on this. So one of these car rides that I was on, you know, if you do speak in tongues a lot, you've got your normal words, you know, you kind of know your prayer language. Mine's like kuraba shandai. So shandai's in there, kuraba, I don't know what it means, but I say it all the time. Kuraba sando raba shandai. Sometimes I'll say shiti and my kids are like, dad, you said a bad word. And I'm like, it's not what you think, son. So, you know, if you speak in tongues a lot, you've got your, your phrases. And, and, and I, I know they mean something. I just don't know what they mean. You know, but every once in a while, something comes out of left field. And you're like, that's new. I've not used that one before. So I'm in the car one day, and I'm just praying in the Spirit. And, and I feel kind of like, sometimes you just feel an engagement. I don't know how else to call it. But you, your spirit, man, comes to attention. And you feel like you, you are in the battle and you are fighting um, I feel like a large African-American muscular man like dancing around a tribal fire. I don't know if that's politically correct or racially insensitive, but that's how I see myself in the spirit. When the spirit of, of warfare comes upon me, I feel like, I feel like a bad dude, man. I feel big and ripped and, and just, and I feel like I'm ready to do some damage. And so this, this thing is coming on me in my car and, uh, and I start praying, I'm praying in the spirit, and all of a sudden I'm going, mm pakataka de boom ba ba way, mm pakataka de boom ba ba way, mm pakataka de boom ba ba way. And I've never said these words before, and I'm like, this is new, and I'm just going with it, mm pakataka de boom ba ba. And I recorded it in my voice memo, I'm like, this is something. And that Sunday night at Big House, like, we got into worship, and I just started, we got the, we got the gym bays rolling, mm pakataka de boom ba ba way, and the place is dancing and erupting. I want to see this place. 
you guys are going to have to move some of these chairs out soon because you are going to get some crazy, freaky tribal dancing going on in here. Some warfare dancing. You are going to be, you know, it says that he rejoices over us in Habakkuk, Zechariah, Zephaniah, one of those three. I know my Bible. Zephaniah, Zephaniah. He, he rejoices over us. The word for rejoice is gehil. And it means to spin like a top in a violent motion. God is spinning and twirling violently, rejoicing over the fact that he decided to make you. That's how excited about the idea that he had to bring you into existence. He's so excited that he can't just go, I'm excited. He's got to twirl and dance and spin and shout. That's how God feels about you. So don't you dare put yourself down. Don't you dare look in the mirror and begin to see all the negative and all the junk because he made you. You were not your own idea. You were his idea. And he looks down and says, it's good. So you better look in that mirror and start loving what you see. Amen. Bible says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. The problem is most of us are so full of self-loathing and self-hatred that we don't love our neighbor very well because we haven't learned to see the image of God imprinted on ourselves. Do not see yourself after the flesh. We all got that crap. We all got temptation. We all got brokenness and weakness. But see yourself after the spirit. The image of God imprinted on you. Amen. So back to Mpakataka to boom, bob away. So I'm, I'm just going at it and I just know this is something new and man, God is releasing just this, this freedom in the room. And so a few weeks later, I'm in Dallas, Texas with my buddy Michael at his church and I just said, Hey Michael, do you ever get just a, a, a weird tongue, new tongue, never made that sound before? And Michael's wife goes, Oh yeah, totally. You should Google it. And so I was like, I never thought of that. Okay. And so I pull out my laptop and I go, okay, mpakataka. And I'm just trying to, how do you spell this? I don't know. P-A-K-A-T-A-K-Dibumba. D-I-B-O-M-B-A. Uh, and I just spell it out phonetically as best as I can in search. Ding. A link to, I believe it was the Oxford College di- uh, Library comes up. And there is a book written in 1857 by a French missionary to the Bekele tribe in what's modern-day Gabon in the Crystal Mountains in Africa. And there's this tiny little e-book. And this man went as a missionary to preach the gospel to these Bekele people. And in the back of his little book, he has a glossary of terms, uh, the Bekele dialect and then French and English translation. And I'm like, what if these words are in here? So Paka, P-A-K-A, I scroll down, bam, there it is. Scroll over to the right, says something in French, I don't know, says something in English, it means praise. P-R-A-I-S-E, it says praise. I go, what if this word Taka, T-A-K-A, is in there? I find this word Taka, boom, scroll over, it means to boil, to boil over praise to boil i look for the word debumba find it scroll over the cause or the reason the cause or the reason the praise boils over bawe you are you are the reason the praise boils over what what i mean that you you some of you are going yeah you totally made that up you totally went right whatever <laughs> unbelief have fun with it it will leave you disappointed 
every time. I believe this is what God gave me. And he said, you are the reason the praise boils over. The tequila, the halal, if you will. We sing hallelujah, halal, to be clamorously foolish, to rave and boast on the Lord, to be intoxicated, to be mad like one in love, halal. And I don't know, I'm going there one day. Maybe, John, Mark, you come with me. We'll take some guitars. We're going to go visit the Bekele tribe. I'm just going to walk into to the village and the whole place is going to erupt into revival. <laughs> so all that to say, you know, God, God will do some crazy, some crazy things through you. These, these men and women in Acts chapter 2 began pouring out into the street, speaking nonsense. And people are going, oh my gosh, they're hammered. And it's like 9 o'clock in the morning. These guys got issues. And Peter says, no, no, we're not drunk. And all of a sudden, people from all over the world are in the city of Jerusalem for the festival. And they hear these men and women speaking and praising God in their own language. And God used something very foolish that even appeared like people were just drunk and hung over to actually say, no, the kingdom is come. The kingdom is here. So don't be afraid to look, act, or be foolish because, man, God will use it. He'll use it to confound the wisdom of the wise. So if that's something that you, you've just been hungering for and saying, I want, um, maybe at the end we can pray together. And, and if God wants to loose your tongue, he'll loose your tongue. I encourage you, you know, you don't have to wait for lightning to strike you. Like, you know, it's like, it's like going to the gym. I started going to the gym in November. I said, that's it. This is the year of the favor of the Lord. I'm getting ripped this year. I'm shedding these pounds. I'm toning up because I love my babe (laughs) and I love my body. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. But you know, the first day I went to bench, man, I could barely get the 245s on each side off my chest. And the next day I could barely move. It just, my muscles were ripped. But you know what? I went back the next time and I put the 45s and 10s on the side. And then I put more and I began to build the muscle. Okay, the gifts of the Spirit, they're spiritual muscles that if you don't exercise them, they will atrophy and die. But if you use them, they will be strengthened. And if you persist in them, they will be strengthened even more. And they'll be really useful to you to build up your own spirit, man, and to build other people up. So I want to say they're for us. They're for today. You might get your own mpakataka de boombab away. Um, real, real quick, culture of hunger. I think that God, as I was driving in this morning, I just heard culture of hunger, culture of hunger. And... Um, we have this thing, this false humility that comes on us where we say, well, I, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I don't want to make it about me. I just encourage you to throw that out the window and make it about you. Draw attention to yourself. Have you ever read about those blind men outside of Jericho and Jesus is coming by? Did they say, hey, could you go get Jesus' attention for me? I'm blind. I'd like to see. Hey, Jesus, over here. No, anybody ever seen Return of the Jedi or Star Wars, C-3PO, he's over there waving in his arms, shouting, over here, we're over here. That's what these men were doing. Son of David, have mercy on us. And they're saying, you guys need to shut up. Okay, you guys need to be quiet. You're causing a racket. They didn't care. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. They're shouting and they're shouting. And guess what? They got healed. Jesus went over to them. What do you want? We want to see. Jesus healed them. 
what if what if right now somebody cut a hole in your roof robin and some somebody started getting lowered down into this room because there was no other way for them to get in. What do we say? What do we say? Oh, that person, number one, that's going to be a costly roof repair. That would stink. We would take up a special offering for that. But what if they were so hungry to meet and touch Jesus that they didn't care if a whole room saw them being lowered down through the ceiling? They were so hungry to get a touch from the Lord. They said, I don't care who sees me. I don't care what it costs to fix the roof. I'm going to get with Jesus. Jesus is going to see me, hear me, and know me, and know my need. Don't be afraid to draw attention to yourself. And I'm not talking about doing it to just get attention, but Don't let hunger be quelched because you're too worried about what other people are going to think. I love that you were going for it in worship today. People are lifting their hands. They're coming down to the front. They're moving. They're saying, I'm hungry for you, God. You know, it's one thing to say, Linz, I really, I love you. I think you look great. You're awesome. You're beautiful. It's another thing to give her an extravagant expression of my love. To maybe take a shower, put a little cologne on. Maybe have some flowers and a gift. Let's get some extravagance, some passion, some hunger. And who cares what anybody thinks about it? You know, quite frankly, the church needs to draw some attention to itself. I believe the local church is the most compelling place in town. I believe it's called to be the most creative place in town. It's to lead the way creatively. In Queen City, you guys got the goods. This is a creative, innovative place. Don't ever put a bowl over the light that you have here. Don't ever be afraid that people won't understand what you do or the way that you worship or you might offend some people. Pray that you start offending people. Offense is just an opportunity to have the Holy Spirit reveal himself to people. Don't be afraid. And never, we never offend people to offend people, right? That's not what we're after. But man, what if we grieve the Holy Spirit because we're too afraid of offending people? What, what's the greater offense? You get what I'm saying? So Holy Spirit, growing up it was always about tongues and prophecy and power. But let me just talk for a few minutes about counsel and comfort. Because I think while we're living in a day where God is pouring his power out on us and we're moving into greater and greater power, you know, we can have the gifts and power and healing and signs and wonders and be a total emotional wreck. And we can wreck our marriages and we can wreck our kids and we can wreck our relationships. And, and we go, well, we got, we got power. We, somebody got healed, but my marriage is falling apart. See, I think in this day and age, let's get the whole ball of wax. Let's be emotionally spiritually healthy people that move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we've got to have both. Because if we just do power and we don't do health, we hurt people. And we actually bring a reproach on the church and even on the ministry. I believe there are some here today within the sound of my voice who are deeply troubled in your hearts. Right now, there's deep troubling, anxiety, crippling fear and worry that you're carrying in your heart. There's a pain that no man can heal. There are wounds that no person can fully comprehend. I just want to tell you this morning, there's hope for you. There's hope for your situation. There's hope for the despair that you're carrying. 
Jesus has hope for you, and I don't mean it trite. I don't mean it cliche. I mean real hope for you. As you're sitting here listening to me, don't give up. Just let there be a simple whispered yes on your lips. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes, sometimes that's all we can muster. We sang today, sometimes it's a whispered hallelujah. It's a broken, lonely hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you, it echoes in the halls of heaven. And heaven always responds to the yes on your lips. I believe there is hope today, and I believe that Holy Spirit will meet you in your darkest place. He loves dark places. He loves to light them up. He loves wounded places. He loves to pour out the oil of gladness on wounded places. Let's open up scripture, John 16 and 7. This is Jesus, and he's talking to his disciples. And he says something that I think to them probably struck them as strange. Because Messiah had finally come. And they thought coming to rule and reign, coming to kick the Romans out, coming to set up a government, coming to set up a new empire, if you will. And Jesus says something very strange. John 16 and 7, he says to them, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I'm going to say the filling of the Holy Spirit wasn't just for the early apostles to be inspired to write scripture. It was for that. But the filling of the Holy Spirit is now for all generations to receive the Father into their being. Holy Spirit doesn't just surround us now. He fills us. So Jesus is saying, listen, guys, it's actually going to be to your advantage that I go away. Because the Father has something in store for you. His name is Holy Spirit. He's a person. And he's going to be a helper, a counselor, a comforter, and an empowerer to you. You must build a friendship and relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it's for today. How do I know it's for today? Because Peter stands up in Acts 2.39. And he says, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you, for your children, and for all who are far off. Everyone. The Lord God calls to himself. Anybody here has God called you to himself? Holy Spirit is for you. Friendship with Holy Spirit is for you. Activation of his activity in your life and in your heart is for you. And there's a promise of family. You know, we get the last words of the old covenant in Malachi chapter 4. says, see, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children, the hearts of children to their mothers and fathers. I had a friend tell me recently that this is the most fatherless generation that did not lose their fathers to warfare. They lost their fathers because fathers decided that they didn't want to be fathers anymore. I thought that was pretty profound when looking at the wounds and the anxieties and the pain that people are carrying and then hearing this promise that the Lord said, unless the land is totally destroyed, I've got to come and I've got to send the spirit of Elijah into the world because the hearts of children must be turned to the fathers and mothers and the hearts of fathers and mothers. I'm so encouraged today when I look out and I see the generations represented here. 
I want to say that this house is called to have generational cooperation in it. That there's to be a mark of honor from old to young and young to old. And that in that honor where the Lord says, honor your father and your mother, and it will go well with you. He gives a promise there. Young people, look for the older ones in this church, how you can serve them, how you can get a cup of coffee with them and just ask them questions about life because they've lived many more years than you have and there's a seasoning and a wisdom that they have and older ones be looking for younger ones in this body that you can come alongside and encourage and breathe life on but we need that in our in our society in our nation in this hour for generations to come together to break that curse of the late 60s where they gave a proverbial middle finger to the older generation's value systems and said no we're doing sex drugs and rock and roll and maybe we got a lot of awesome music from it, but we also got a culture of hell unleashed on our culture. And I believe that God is turning back that tide with a generation that's rising up right now that says we're going to choose to honor our elders and we're breaking off that curse of rebellion. Amen. Jesus in John 14, 18, talking about Holy Spirit. And without Holy Spirit, we can have no true comfort in our hearts. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. Another translation says, I will come to you. Holy Spirit coming into our life as a healer, as a counselor, as a comforter, deals with the deep orphanness inside of each one of us that feels abandonment, that feels shame, that feels condemnation. He comes and he ministers deep on the inside of us. And he says, there's no condemnation for you anymore. You're in Christ Jesus now. You are a son and daughter. You have a seat at the table. There will always be a place for you. Jesus says, in my father's house, there's many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. He's preparing a place for you in the father's house. He's not building you a condo down the street on the father's block. No, father wants you under his roof. We get a hold of just how desired we are by God. It will light us up forever on the inside. Fear, insecurity, self-loathing will never have an opportunity to get a root in our heart when we get a revelation of how much he loves us. Anybody want to deepen your revelation of his love? I want it. I want a deeper revelation. I need it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it as my daily bread. And Holy Spirit, you're the one to bring it. He's like a personal tutor. He's a counselor. John 14, 25. Jesus says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will remind you of everything I said to you. Peace I leave you. Peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I just want to ask you this morning, have you been neglecting your greatest friend? in the world have you had any dialogue with holy spirit the word i keep getting is engage 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 it's like that scene in top gun 
where Iceman at the end is surrounded by Migs and Maverick's all freaked out because he's had a traumatic experience in his life that wasn't his fault, but he's carrying a mountain of shame and guilt and fear and he's in the cockpit of his F-14 Tomcat and he knows he needs to get in there and Iceman is going, engage Maverick, engage. Who around you right now is saying, would you engage? And I need you to engage all around you. People need you to engage and become connected to Holy Spirit because there's a lifeline of hope coming through your life to them. And there's a lifeline of hope coming through the Holy Spirit to you. It's time to engage. Don't neglect a dialogue with your greatest friend in the world, the Holy Spirit. Ask him for what you need. You have not because you ask not. But if you ask, you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. I hear the father singing through Peter Gabriel. Come talk to me. Come on, come talk to me. Just like it used to be. Come, come talk to me. He's not asking you to have your stuff figured out, how to clean your crap up. He's saying, just come have a conversation with me. The father walks into the garden. Adam, where are you? Hiding. Here I am. Start a dialogue. Give him that, here I am, Jesus. Here I am, Holy Spirit. I think you'll find that he's not angry. He's ready to engage with you. He's ready to heal you. He's ready to comfort you. He's ready to deliver you. He's ready to empower you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand to our feet together. And I just want to pray a a kind of a corporate declaration of prayer. And you're welcome to repeat after me. Um, You don't have to. This is not a forced thing. But... These are the words that the Lord gave me in this prayer. So if you'd like to repeat after me, I'll give you that opportunity. If you want to, you can close your eyes. If you want to, you can leave them wide open. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would make us aware that you are present with us in the room. You are here. You are here as our comforter, as our counselor. You are here to help us know what is in our own hearts. You are here to unlock doors that no man can shut. You are here to light up the dark places within us. You are here to run through the hallways of our heart, screaming freedom, freedom, freedom. You're welcome to repeat these words after me. Holy Spirit, I need you. My heart is longing for you. Reveal yourself to me. Demolish every barrier which separates our connection. Teach me how to interact with you. Help me to discern your voice in the ways you are moving in my life. I want to see you. I believe you are always present. I am not an orphan. I am not abandoned. I am not forgotten. I am adopted as a child into the family of God. I matter to you, and that is all that matters. Let me become more aware of your presence. Let me experience the glory of your goodness. Amen. 
I bless you guys today to grow deeper in your friendship and partnership with Holy Spirit. I bless your tongues to be loosed with new songs, new languages. I bless your hearts to grow in confidence, to shrug off all condemnation, guilt, shame, and fear. And I bless you to hear the still small voice that is and will always be speaking inside you, your counselor, your comforter, your greatest friend, Holy Spirit. I bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, real quick, we want to take up an offering for Adam and his crew. Um, uh, we love these guys a lot, and we've had a lot of fun with them, and we feel really uh, connected to them and what they're doing. So we want to sow into their ministry. Um, so if you would, um, do we have ushers? If the ushers want to get ready real quick. I just want to do this before we move on so that we don't have to backtrack or anything. Lord Jesus, hey, um, Andy, why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, we just love these guys so much. We're so grateful, so grateful. And we just pray that you would continue to bless the work that they do. Bless their relationships, Lord Jesus. And uh, I know you've got new levels for what they're doing. I ask that uh, you would take them to those new levels without a lot of extra pain, without those growing pains, Lord. Some of that's unavoidable, Lord, but it doesn't have to be hard all the time. I pray for a new ease, a new ease in leading. I thank you for this holy moment and I thank you for your invitation to us today Father we thank you for Adam and Lindsay's ministry we just we want to honor them and bless them today Go ahead and pass those buckets. Ushers, go ahead and pass those buckets. Um, we want. We really want to bless these guys. They've they've sewed a lot. Oh yeah! If you need an envelope, they've got envelopes. Just put your hand up as they're coming by. They'll they'll hand one to you. is always inviting us to things but sometimes we we get a little bit clearer of a message or a direction and I think we got a fairly clear direction today that I think that we should respond to so I want to do two things I, I think
some of you need to respond to Adam's message today regarding the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If that's something that you're hungry for and you would like to take the next step in that journey, Adam and his team are going to be up here on this side of the stage and they'll just simply pray for you. It's, um, it's not spooky. It's not scary. I started speaking in tongues when I was in fourth grade. Been doing it every day since. It's, it's a spiritual discipline. It's something that I need in my life. You need it too. So if you've had any inclination, you can come forward on this side. We're going to have our regular prayer or our regular ministry teams set up on this side. If you need a prayer for healing, for any, any kind of need that you might have that's different than what these guys are going to be praying for. Our prayer, Queen City prayer teams are going to be over here ready to go. Stephen, are you guys ready to go? Okay. Um, so are you guys just going to keep playing? And, okay, so here's what we can do. We're going to go ahead and officially dismiss. You're free to go pick up your kids, but if you want to just hang out and worship with Olivia and Gabe, you're welcome to do that. Come forward for prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit on this side. And then the Queen City crew is going to be over here praying for everything else. So God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.